What is the biggest problem affecting your PDR business? What is the one thing holding you back from taking the next step? What do you need to change to get the business growth you want? All these questions have the same answer. It's your mindset. My name is Corey Kleinfeld, and this is the PDR Coach Podcast, where I coach you on mindset around yourself and your PDR business. Now let's get started. Okay, real quick before we get started, you guys have probably heard that intro a bunch of times over the last year or so that I've put out podcasts, um, that me asking those questions and saying the answer to them is mindset. And now I have a couple options to help you with that. Um, I'm mostly focusing on the newer techs now to help bring them up into the industry and help them get further faster. First option I have is the PDR Launchpad, and that's for techs uh, between zero and two years in business. Uh, it's an eight-week program to help you launch your business into success. The second option that I have is the Young Guns PDR 20 group. That's for techs up to five years in business, zero to five years in business. I'm partnered up with Gene Fetty on that. And that is a mastermind group that runs for a year to help you get your business further faster. So uh, if you want to know when the signups are open for that, then go to my website at coachcoreyk.com and enter in your email address. You'll be in my email list. And when I open, when I open enrollment for either of those programs, you will know. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome back to the PDR Coach Podcast. Today on the podcast, we have a guest named David White from Hartford, Connecticut. He owns CT Dentworks. Uh, to be perfectly honest, David and I don't know each other I, at all, really. I mean, we talked on Messenger for five minutes, like a couple of messages, and um, that's how I do it. I saw him on the Dream Expo and loved what he was talking about, so I wanted to bring him on to the podcast and dig into his story a little bit more and bring some value to you guys so welcome to the show david glad to be here man thanks for having me yeah thanks for coming on man i pre- I appreciate you taking the time sitting in the truck showed up early to the shop um before an appointment and uh gonna do a little meeting as you called it before the before the dent repair yeah so. <laughs> makes it easier for those well, old guys running these shops to understand <laughs> yeah i have a meeting they're like podcast i don't know what a podcast is what are you talking about um yeah. As I start every podcast, because I'm always curious, how'd you find this weird little niche of PDR that we're in? Uh, um, so every job I've ever had, I grew up in a body shop and every job I ever owned, ever was involved in always revolved around cars. And mm-hmm. I was in the midst of changing, changing jobs as an early 20-ish year old kid and was scrolling through the paper because it used to be a newspaper. Um, and I, there was an ad in the paper that said, you know, aftermarket automotive aftermarket company looking for, for people, uh, experience not required. We'll train. That's all it said. Really? And it had a, (laughs) had an email, not even email and a fax, a fax number. So I never did a resume before, um, asked my mom to help me out with a resume. She helped me put a resume together, which really didn't say a whole lot. And I sent it in and then about man about a month six weeks later i got a phone call from a guy that was living in st louis missouri um kind of kind of broke down what it was you know hey this is we we own a franchise it's called dent wizard we do paintless dent repair i'm like the hell is paintless dent repair keep going Um, yeah you know it's 1997 so it was 97 how old were you Uh, like 21 Okay. Wow. Brand new. Yeah. 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 21. So yeah, I was a kid and it was, 
Um, the next thing I knew, I was being set up to go have a meeting with the local district manager. Um, a lot of guys from the area would, would recognize the name as Tony Massimino. Um, went down, met him at a bar at like 6.30, 7 o'clock at night. And we talked about cars. Um, we were both Mustang guys, so we talked about Mustangs a lot. We drank a lot of Crown and Cokes. And then about 30 minutes before I left, he goes, oh, by the way, this is what we do. And he gave me like a five-minute explanation. And he goes, can you go to St. Louis like next Saturday and go for two months? Um, yeah, I guess so. Is this, is this a job offer? He goes, yeah, you got the job. You just got to be in St. Louis next Saturday. How do I get there? You can drive or you can fly, whatever. We'll set you up. I'm like, uh, okay. But the young kid just like, man, I just wow. threw everything in the truck and checked out. And the whole time my mother's like, you know, what, what do you got to, you know, what's the deal? What do you got to pay them? I'm like, I don't pay them anything. Like they're going to put me in an apartment for two months and train me. And when I come home, I have a job. And she's like, yeah, yeah. What's the catch? And I'm like, there's no catch. Like, that's it. And she goes, no, no. What's the catch? It just doesn't happen. Yeah. Wow. Huh. Nobody ever assumed 24 years later, I'd still be kicking around. Wow. So. 24 years in the business. And that's pretty, that's pretty interesting, man. This is why I asked the story. Cause like, you literally never know. That's the most random thing in the paper. You look it up, you meet the in guy a at a bar in a newspaper. Yeah. yeah. In a newspaper, meet the dude at a bar, basically talk about Mustangs and drink crown and Coke. And he's like, Oh yeah. They, oh, the job. Yeah. You got the job. That's like, I got, like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. like, afterthought. Cool. <laughs> we totally, I mean, oh, we man. just got, we got along, we hit it off. And, um, I mean, I'm, Anybody that knows me knows I'm a pretty social guy. I, you could drop me in any room. I'm going to find people to talk to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel like it's a blessing. I feel like, curse, I guess. yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's there's pros and cons to each one of those things, or to to that situation. I feel like if that happened now, it almost be you'd almost be like you'd almost be sketched out. <laughs> you'd almost be like, oh, yeah. where, where oh, am I yeah. going for two months? <laughs> am I going to get like kidnapped and put into like a slavery ring? Yeah, seriously, it's like yeah, yeah, just go to St. Louis. We'll figure it out. Like, yeah, we push on metal with metal way more, Don't worry. way more questions. Oh, even, even when I got there, I still didn't understand it. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like there was the internet where you were like typing in paintless dent repair and it was all these videos and all this YouTube stuff. YouTube trying at. to figure it out. Yeah. Nothing. Fascinating. So, so yeah, you I'm go to St. Louis. Without having to do paintwork. Yeah. Yeah. St. Louis for two so, months. Uh, yep. It was uh, February, late February of 97 into march yeah it would have been march april i think i came out um basically started a dealer route um yeah so when you went to dan was in training came back and worked for the dude right and he was like go to the go to these car lots and and now now that you can you know it was was drive around with them and and you didn't fix anything bigger than basically the size of a quarter because you didn't know it wasn't it wasn't feasible it wasn't it wasn't a reasonable thought back then it was mm-hmm. you know hey you start getting past that quarter size whoa careful oh, hold, uh, up. hold up you know i mean and he was able to there was a couple of you know my first my first initial wow factor was an oldsmobile aurora white front fender um had like a 12 inch crease going through it not real bad when i think back to it but at the time, I remember being like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. 
And he walks up and he would smoke a pack of cigarettes a day. She's like, yeah, I'll fix that. And I looked at him, I go, yo, you just done stepped on your dick. Like, let's, <laughs> like, let's no. see this happen. Let's see this magic. And 10 minutes later, he was done. And I was just sitting there like, I can't, what, that was crazy. How did you do that? Um, so, you know, little by little, you wrote, I rode around with a couple people for like the first three or four weeks. And then unlike today, I mean, literally I was handed a stack of papers. It was probably like three seats. It mm-hmm. was nothing but dealer names, addresses, and phone numbers and a road atlas Go and a go pat on the back. Yeah. Good luck. Kid. I remember the road atlases. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? Good luck. Like, what do, what do I do? And they're like, just walk in and try to get them to let you oh. fix a dent for free and then see if you can walk their lot and make some money. What do I charge yeah. them? Whatever you can get. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't, as much as you can. It wasn't even a price structure. Whatever you can get. Yeah. $50 a panel, $65 a panel, $85 a panel. I mean, now I look at guys doing $35 cars and I go. Yeah. You're like, I didn't do that in the nineties. Yeah. 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 Okay. I want, yeah. I want to take a step back because I'm curious and this is just how I'll, I'll go back and forth and bounce around a little bit. Yeah, but no. 21, no look in a paper, you see this advertising. Like, what did you want to do? in your life before 24 years in PDR? Like what, what were you, what were you going to do before this little ad in a newspaper changed, changed basically the entire trajectory of your life? Just out of curiosity. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, no, I was, clue. I'm a, yeah, I had zero clue. I was happy to still be alive. If that makes any sense. Um, I was a, two-time senior in high school because I loved school so much. I never wanted to be there. So I had to repeat it. I tried to drop out. My mother wouldn't let me. Thank God. Um, my first senior year, I actually joined the Air Force because I was like, I got nothing. That was the I best. got nothing. Yeah. I'm going to join the Air Force because I got nothing. I'm not college material. Um, I don't have the academics to get into a college, let alone what would I go for. So the military shows up at school, you know. Oh, everybody's high school gets the military day where they show up. It's all branches standing there. And they're like, come on. Recruit them. Change your life. See the yeah, world. My father was in the Air Force. My uncle was in the Air Force. I was like, mm. I'm going to sign up and go be in the Air Force. Um, before all that, I played baseball. I played football. And I rode motocross. Yeah. To say my knees were already shot by 18 is an understatement. <laughs> I passed the physical. I... Well, 1991, I joined the Air Force. I'm supposed to go after I graduate. I don't graduate. I'm thinking, well, that's the end of the Air Force. They go, no, no, you go back. You graduate in 92. You're still coming with us. You signed it. I'm like, okay. So I graduate in 92, get on the bus, and I go to San Antonio, Texas in August, which if anybody's ever been there in August, it sucks. It's a little, it's a little um, sweaty. I'm there for four weeks. And I am basically limping because my knee hurts so bad from being on the pavement all the time and just the drills and the drills and the drills. And I was just like, yeah, this sucks. Yeah. My, my, uh, my drill sergeant basically figures out that I'm favoring my right leg, sends me to medical hold. They pull up a medical file that if you don't know, if you don't think that they don't know what you've got going on, which I don't know why they don't do this ahead of time. Um, it was like, like, so you've never had a knee problem, but yet you were here, you were here, you were here, you were here. And I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. They're like, why didn't you notate this? 
recruiter told me not to. They're like, yeah, pack your shit. You're going home. We're oh, done with you. Man. So wow. you could XMA the military out. Now I'm home just scavenging up jobs. I mean, I think I was, at the time, I was working in a warehouse for CarQuest Auto Parts, second shift, pulling parts for, for deal, you know, for stores. So where was I going? Just to the next shit job. <laughs> yeah, um, dude. I mean, that, that stuff fascinates me, honestly. So, you know, not, not good in school. Whether or not you could be, different story, but you didn't. You didn't try. Um, it didn't apply. You thought you you thought you had a pathway to go. Dad, uncle, grandpa, whoever in there. You're like, all right, this yeah. is it. This is what my family does. I'll go this way. And then they're like, yeah, you can't do this either. Which at the time, thank thank goodness they did. Right? Thank goodness right. you had those knee problems. Right. When you look back, about everything happens for you and not to you. Like the world's not trying to to prevent you from do something. It was trying to make you go this way. So, so you're going back home, you're sitting in a car. Where, where does the newspaper come in? How does, how does that happen? Like you, are you, do you literally read the newspaper every morning at 21? I mean, no, I think I was just, I was just sick of, um, you're just looking, I, and I looking for jobs. Right. Yeah. So yeah. my best friend actually, after working at that warehouse, my, my best friend who was a year younger than I was, mm. literally we worked there for a couple of years and it was just, man, I gotta, I gotta do something. He literally walked in one day and he goes, I did something last night. And I'm like, what'd you do? And he goes, I joined the Navy. I'm like, Mother. okay. Kudos so he's to gone you. now when you leave. Yeah. Now he's leaving. And, I'm and, and you can't, and you know, you like, can't go that way. Yeah. I can't go that way. So I got to find something. So I would scour the help wanted ads just to see mm -hmm. what the next, next job. I mean, like I said, I grew up in a body shop. Um, yeah, yeah. I was, uh, Automotive, anything, I was a yeah. Volkswagen. Yeah. So just send me somewhere next, the next level mm -hmm. of a, of a warehouse job or, you know, go back to work for a body shop. Um, do you, do you have you know, any idea? Where... Go, ahead. go ahead. No, I was just saying this was just the next level of where do I go yeah. from? What's my next stepping stone to getting out of here? Yeah. So I, I know people, I know everybody knows people that were in your situation, senior year twice, getting it didn't get to the military and end up working in a warehouse for their whole life so right do you have any idea what made you want to not work in the warehouse forever because there's a lot of guys out there that listen to this that think pdr is their next opportunity that are that don't want to be doing x body shop right or an i guy whatever automotive thing they're doing and they're following now YouTube and podcasts and everything. And, and they're like, I don't know, but what, so to start, what, what made you not want to work in the warehouse anymore? Cause that's where it has to start. You have to have a desire and a belief that you can be oh, better than what you are. It was, um, realistically, I thought I could get, I think I was looking for another warehouse job just <laughs> with a with a ladder with the next ladder rung like yeah. how do i get to be the manager um mm -hmm. as a young kid i mean i grasp mechanically very well i don't mm -hmm. grasp books very well so with the warehouse job um there were multiple zones multiple aspects of the job i became the guy that could work first shift second shift or third shift because i could put the stuff you know i understood how to get the stuff from the skid to the shelf and how to get the stuff from the shelf to the stores. Um, I was 
probably yay close to having my CDL license because they were always looking for truck drivers for, to cover for guys that covered out, called out sick, mm-hmm. which was mm-hmm. basically third shift. So I thought, well, let me go get my CDL because then it just gives me another, yeah. you know, another Gosh. little piece of the puzzle that makes me more rounded for the, for the job. When my shift manager would call in sick, I would get the call to go up front and make sure everything gets, you know, the guys are pulling where they need to pull in and the, the trucks are getting loaded the way they're supposed to get loaded. Yeah. So I had the aptitude to do it all. It just wasn't available in my warehouse because the guys that were ahead of me weren't going anywhere. Gotcha. So oh, but you're looking, you were, they, they, just, I, yeah. In that, right, the idea was you're still looking like, for growth, still looking right. for growth. Okay. So we'll fast forward back again now. Um, yeah. Now you're, you're basically have a list and you're like, and the guy's like, go sell to these places, go get what you can, whatever. In the, in the late nineties, there was an aspect of debt repair that was easier in the fact that most dealers had no idea what you were doing and you could, you could right. educate them. So you that's do, a good thing. But yeah. Yeah. They're like, just, just let me show you. Right. I mean, my dad started yep. PDR in 91 and he would walk into the dealers and not so that the, the good part is that you can do that. The bad part is that most people were terrible. Like for the first few years, my dad right. was very bad at fixing nets. Like he would say, here's what I can do. Here's what we're supposed to be able to do. And then he would kind of do it and then park the car in a way that they couldn't see the reflection of the, you know, it's what we would call. Always maybe, in the sun. Yeah, always <laughs> in the sun. What we would call now maybe a 60 or 70% repair was their best back then when there was basically no training and handmade right. tools and et cetera. Um, anyway, so, so that's where you are. You got, you got a, a list of, of dealers and a go get, go get what you can. What happened? How, how successful were you with that? How'd that go? Um, in comparison to today, you know, to the guys coming out of, and, I, and I'm going to compare it to the modern dent wizard guys yeah, only because please. I stayed with them for so long and I can see yeah how that evolved guys that would come out of school and be like, man, I only did 10 grand this month. And I think back and I go, damn dude, for the first two years, we didn't do 10 grand. Like an $8,000 a month was killer. Yeah. But you're also talking about a 20 year difference, you know, where $8,000 a month was, was for a 20 year old kid. My first, my first year out. So if you take the fact that I started training in February at the end of that year, I did $28,000, which was better than I was making in the warehouse. So I was already ahead. Um, that's what you two. build or that's what you made. That's, that's my money. That was my yeah, okay. 10, so you 10 build like 60 grand or something like that or 50 or whatever. Yeah. I, and I never really look at what I build. I always looked at just right. what I, what I made. Sure. What was my paycheck? Yeah. Um, my second year I did was right around 52, 53,000. And that's when I knew I was onto something because I still young kid. I still lived at home. Um, mm-hmm. Unlike a lot of people, my, my parents were divorced. My father, my mother and father were both remarried. I lived with my mom, but I was never there. So the joke was my stepfather always wanted me to pay rent. My mother always said, for what? He's never here. Like he shows up <laughs> once in a while to take a nap and a shower and that's it. Um, I was doing my, my 1099, you know, your, your easy, the easy form because I didn't have any deductions really. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm filling it all out and I walk in, I go, mom, is this, can you just check this out? You know, is it all right? 
And I know there's a lot of people going, oh, look at him, mom, mom this, mom that. Yeah, I'm mama's boy. I don't care. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> so I hand him, I hand her my, my 1099 form, and she looks at it and she goes, well, this can't be right. I'm like, why? She goes, well, you didn't make that much money. And I'm like, well, here's my here's my W, you know, form from yeah. Dent Wizard. And she looks at it, and she looks at me, and she looks back at it. She goes, maybe it is time you move out. $53,000 living at home. <laughs> she goes, how much is in the savings? How much did you save? And I'm like, what do you mean save? Save what? <laughs> save, save what? I just bought a hell of shit. <laughs> I nothing. Um, when wow. you make that kind of money. Yeah, I had at nothing. 22. I had, yeah. I had 20, yeah, 22, 23 years old. I had not a dime to my name. I got paid. I was broke by next paycheck. So I was a. You, lo- you loved cars though. So there, that's the money pit right there. Well, that was. Yeah, I had a 69 Mercury Cougar with a 351 in it. That was a money pit. I had a brand new Toyota pickup truck. But when I say brand new, I mean, I think brand new, that thing was twelve or $13,000. My monthly payment was like 140 bucks. <laughs> so the dilemma became, I was making really good money and my friends were still making like six, seven bucks an hour. We would go out every night. And if mm. they didn't have money, we still went out every night because I just, yeah, you're like, hey, like let's you're go. paying for the yeah. experience with your friends. Yeah. But yeah, yep. we're gone, you know, and if it was wintertime, mm-hmm. we're going skiing. Come on. I got you. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah, I paid for a lot of my friends to have good times. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting experience. So just take a step back for the, for the mama's boy thing. Cause obviously you mentioned it cause you've said your mom, you, you mentioned it a couple of times already, which is awesome. Um, the fact that, you know, you wanted to do certain things and she didn't let you, right? Like right. with, oh, yeah. did you say what you wanted to drop out of school or something? And she said no, or what, what was it? I tried yeah. to drop out. I tried to drop out my, my first senior year. And I just said, I'll get my GED after everybody graduates. And she's like, you know, yeah. you'll stay and get your high school diploma. You're, yeah, And I'm like, yes, ma'am. You know, yeah. So different era. those are the, there, there's there's a lot of people that play that play those roles in our lives, whether it's mom, uncle, dad, brother, friend, whatever, that really keep you in line. And those things are important because yes. had you not had you not done that, you wouldn't be in this position today. Had she not pushed on you to be better and to look for growth and to at least at least get a high school education, she's like, I know he's not going to college but I want to at least get him out of high school, right? Type of thing and push you to do that. So that's awesome. Mad respect to her. I'm glad, I'm glad that she did that because you're obviously helping the industry in a lot of ways and you may not be here because of that. Right. Uh, totally true. Um, you ever just sit around and, and you have a few beers with some friends and you'll, you'll talk about life. You'll talk about, you know, like, especially with long-term friends. And I'm thankful I've got a handful of those where mm-hmm. literally one of my best friends I went to kindergarten with and we are still tight that's today. Cool. Um, I laugh because we'll do the, you know, uh, you got any regrets, you know, oh, I regret this or I regret doing that or whatever. And I look back and I go, man, I did a lot of dumb, dumb shit, but I can't, I don't really regret it because mm-hmm. if I regret it and I could take it back, it alters the course. Mm-hmm. Would I be where I'm at today if I alter the course even just a little bit? And the answer is probably not. Um, no. I wouldn't yeah. have my wife. I wouldn't have my two beautiful little girls. I wouldn't be in this predicament that I'm in, you know, this situation that I'm in now. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, with everything comes, you know, everything has consequences. Every choice you make has a consequence, whether it's a pro or con. So, you know, even my dent wizard choices, um, a lot of them were very 
very pro. And then just, I wanted something and they, they, they couldn't provide it. They couldn't provide it in the manner that I wanted it. And it was not a, um, I, I'm, I'm cautious because I don't want anybody to think there's, there's bad blood because there wasn't. I left mm-hmm. on really good terms and I, I left the best that I possibly could. And it got me into this. And again, yeah. can't regret anything. You can't because that course brought me to here. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Cause I, I, I've interviewed, I interviewed Dave Shalott a while ago too. And he's same, same thing, right. Dent wizard guy, career dent wizard guy, I think 20 plus years <clears throat> left, did his own thing. Same, same thing. He's like, no, you don't want to talk bad on that, but, but so this is the theme. This is the theme that most people that, that find success in life see, right. You you're in a warehouse and you're like, I don't want what they have for me. I need to go look for something else. And then you go find the something else and it ends up turning into what Dent Wizard is. And then at some point you're like, I want something else and Dent Wizard doesn't have that for me. And so I'm going to go do this thing. So talk about that when you, and this is a theme, right? That most people do, we get to a point and then we, we, we feel like we're able to be at that point and then we want to go past that point, right? That's what the human, human growth is about. Um, and that's good. That's how we progress forward if you have a pet um yeah so like when i was in high school i had a pet lizard and when i was talking to the guy when i was buying it he goes he will only grow as big as the box allows we're the same we can only grow as big as that box allows the warehouse job was a small box it only allowed me to grow to be this big i had to go find a bigger box um dent wizard ultimately became the bigger box and it allowed me to grow tremendously mentally and technically, um, I had a lot of great mentors at Dent Wizard that helped me grow. Um, a couple of them were even father-like figures, which when I left, it was hard. It was hard to tell that guy I quit, you know, and, and, and watch them give me options to stay and know that it didn't matter what he put on the table. It wasn't gonna it wasn't gonna suffice what i needed mm-hmm. um so it was it was tremendously hard to walk away and then obviously there's the comfort zone i've been there for 20 plus years like my my leash was long because i understood my job they knew i understood my job and they trusted me with a long leash to take care of business mm-hmm. so to walk from that was was difficult i mean it was it was gut-wrenching um, I think the minute I hit the send button on that email, when I submitted my resignation, I pretty much laid in bed for the next 48 hours, just like thinking I was just going to throw up at any minute. Like, what did I just do? <laughs> Here's a winning lottery and, ticket. No, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing I don't think people realize too, is I talk to, I don't know if you know, again, Dave and I don't know each other. This is pretty much our first conversation, which is fantastic, fantastic conversation. I love that you're, you're the way that you're telling these stories. Um, I, I, I coach dent guys. So experienced dent guys, a lot of newer guys, I help them start their PDR business, right? Get into PDR. Um, if they're already in it, how can they be more successful in it? What abilities do they have? What can they do to grow their business market brand, et cetera? Um, and what right there, what you just said is how, how everybody feels when they're going to go start their own business. Um, and I don't think that ever changes, whether you're 20 years into it and you're going to leave and go start your own business, whether you're a body guy or an, or an iTech who wants to 
find a bigger box, grow a bigger box and leave and go, go on their own. Like you're going to feel that feeling, but, right. but you do it anyways. How do you, how do you feel that feeling? How do you feel like you're going to throw up? Like, am I doing something wrong? All these doubts and like, I don't know, maybe I should just stay in this box. Right. Cause it's like way more comfortable in right. here. How do you think of that, but go do the shit anyways? For me, um, man, I'm a, my, I'm a big talker. My wife will tell you I'm a big talker. She'll, she'll be like, oh, yeah, you're going to do all these great things. You know, uh, we're going to go to a party and get shit-faced tonight. She's like, oh, yeah, you're the big drinker. You know, yeah, <laughs> three or four, and I'm in, and I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I don't need to get yeah. – I, I want to – you know, I'm 47, almost 48 years old tomorrow. I don't, I don't bounce back as fast. Yeah. So uh, four or five years ago, I said, I'm going to yeah, – I'm frustrated with management, um, as anybody will at any given time with any company. You get frustrated. And I said, ah, I'm going to quit and start my own business. She looked at me and she goes, like hell you are. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, that's, she's being serious and I'm being kind of sarcastic. Mm-hmm. Um, when things went down at the end of my career, I came home and I was visibly upset about how things were going and handled to some degree. Um, and she looked at me and she goes, well, maybe it's time you find a new job. I have no college degree. I barely got out of high school and I'm not trained for anything else. Yeah. You're so like, tell I me, what do I do? <laughs> yeah. What, what do I do to go make the money that I make currently to keep our household level? And I said that to her and she looked at me and she goes, maybe it's time you start your own business. There are no greater words that can be spoken than encouragement from your significant other. second part of that problem is now that I did it, I damn well better provide it. So that's where the feeling of throwing up and stress is not just, I just left a job that paid me, you know, six figures. I now need to provide six figures on my own with, and I can't nobody to blame, but this guy. Yep. That's, 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 see that last sentence, that's where it comes down to. Because when you're, when you're in a box with people all around the box, holding the box down, if you could say that, you could just point to them and be like, no, nope. I mean, I, I would, I would do better, but you know, these guys like this is right. as far as I can go in this industry or in this business or whatever. But when you bust out the box and make your own box and you're like, the box can literally be as big as you want it to be. The only reason it's not bigger is because of you. And that's when <laughs> I think right. that's when people cower down to it. Yep. How long between, between, I think you sarcastically kind of saying, I'm going to, I'm going to start my own business and her saying, yeah, fucking right. Between how long between that statement and her saying, maybe it's time you start your own business. Well, probably four or five years. So a long time. Yeah. That's <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It was, it was more like, um, it wasn't a serious effort of like, I'm going to leave and go on my own. It was just a casual blow by of, you know, I'm angry, mm-hmm. but not that angry or, or whatever. Uh, I'll figure it out. Get over it. Yeah. And it usually and, comes back to, like you just said, somebody's got their hand on my box mm-hmm, and they're mm-hmm. not allowing me to expand and grow. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm not, when you work for somebody else, you are not in control of your destiny. Your, mm-hmm. your life can be altered by the things that somebody above you does. And that's out of your control. Sometimes you have some input. A lot of times you do not. 
and it's it's a very uncomfortable feeling when your livelihood has changed because of somebody else's directional pattern because of their agenda um and again this is not i'm not knocking the whiz this is just that's you work for another company that that can happen at the moment my my wife works for brad whitney and, and over the last 12 months i mean she watched a significant amount of people get let go Mm -hmm. that's not in your control you know she sits on pins and needles going when that next phone call comes is it my is it my turn Mm -hmm. Uh Mm -hmm. sure and again yeah pros and cons to that too just like everything else right the pro people think whether they're sitting here listening to this or in a body shop or or some other business they want to get pdr they think that that business or 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 the company that's guaranteed right and i think if 2020 showed us anything is there's no fucking guarantee there's no guarantee that that you will be alive there's no guarantee that you will have a job there's no guarantee that if you want to buy a go go buy a new car it's going to be there (laughs) or a bike or whatever other else uh, fucking piece of plywood whatever i was just gonna say i was gonna go buy a piece of plywood the other day but uh nope (laughs) yeah dude like honestly there's no guarantees left like we all got in this thing where like stuff just showed up at stores and like the world just worked and my my company never you know i'm guaranteed to get a paycheck and all that stuff there's no guarantees in life the only guarantee is that you can work hard to make the life that you want that's the only guarantee that you that you have Um, that's why I'm so, that's why I'm so encouraging of people to go start their own things. Body shops, dude. But I mean, compare body shops with PDR business two years ago, the biggest, the biggest thing is, oh, it's guaranteed. It's a, it's a, an industry that's never going to go away, blah, blah. Until everybody stayed at home and no one drove anymore. No one got in crashes. And then all of a sudden, right? So there just there just are no guarantees in life. If you feel like there are guaranteed, maybe it's been like that for a hundred years. Doesn't mean it will be next year. Um, commercial commercial real estate was um, I would I would dare say commercial real estate was where real estate was. Like if you were in the real estate business and you could own some commercial buildings, man, you were setting set yourself life. up for lifelong yeah. rent rent payments. And I'm looking Until, at it now, going, I think that's going to be the biggest bottom out in the next year or two because when people don't my wife again works for if you're not familiar with Pratt & Whitney Pratt & Whitney is a huge industry out here in the northeast um they build airplane engines for government and um civilian planes so with that said it's it's a large I mean multi multi plants across the state and she works in an office building that was man I would say probably 3,000 square feet um Mm -hmm. They gave up the lease to the office building and told them to just stay working from home. And yeah, I said, when do you go back? She told us, we're not. They've realized they can save $10,000 a month on rent and cleaning and electrical and water and heat and all these other things yes. that and, we're working from and, home. And be just as, like, this is, the, I, I knew, this is to, to go side note, like tangent, this has been a trend that's going to happen for for since 10 years ago the the technology that we have now with our zoom chat right now and google teams and a million different ways to communicate this this trend has been coming and covid moved it forward 10 years i think people too many businesses are like oh i can't send everybody home and be as efficient 
And then they had right. to, and then they're like, oh shit, it's actually a little bit better. And I can save 10, 20, 30 grand a month. <laughs> no, don't, no joke. I mean, it's, yeah. that's literally, she was fighting that with her boss to have a few days to work remote from home because yeah. my kids have half days on Wednesdays. Sure. Um, and he was like, oh, he would always him and haw about it. And then yeah. they were forced to do it. And then now they're like, yeah, everybody just stay home. You guys work just, yeah. just as well. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So to go back into the PDR world, um, you do a lot of wholesale and a lot of guys that came from the whole, from the dent wizard business do, and I'm from dent pro. This is a fairly large company out of the West coast. You probably in Connecticut probably don't know the original. Dent pro. There's a lot of people named dent pro, but the original dent pro was franchise business got up to several hundred people, a couple hundred people at least. Um, anyways, we did a lot of wholesale. <laughs> and so I'm in wholesale and I've done a lot of wholesale. Um, new guys starting now, like we talked about earlier, pros to when you did it in the late nineties, you had a list of people, you walk in there like PDR, what are you talking about? I just sent it to the body shop. You're like, hold on, here's what I can do. Um, that's great. And there was benefits to that. Now, now we have benefits of like, we can all fix dents better. You can get trained faster. You can, within 12 months, you can fix, you know, your people are working on one inch dents in a, in a weeks, not, not years right. later, a 12 inch slight crease in a car that you Lord looked at back then saying like, good luck is now like, okay, that's, you know, that's not even really advanced PDR anyway. So that's benefit. But the downside is walking into dealership. Everybody has a dent guy. Every dealership has a dent guy and maybe they've been there for 22 years like you or 15 years like, or my dad, 30 years, some of them. Um, if you're a new guy coming out, what do you do? How do you, how do you get any work? Um, be persistent, be consistent. That's, those are really the only two advantages you have, right? So the guy that's been out there for 20 years, um, is probably spread thin. You, you've just acquired the network of people that are calling. Mm -hmm. So as that happens, you're going to drop the ball. I don't care who you are. You're going to drop the ball. Um, not, or go and not on vacation. You're going to go on vacation. So you're going to, you're going to ultimately start as the backup guy and you got to be okay with that. Hey, you drop a business card and be like, look, I know you got a guy. Sometimes your guy can't make it. Call me. You know, sometimes your guy can't fix something. Call me. Mm -hmm. Let me be there. Or he doesn't have the time to fix something. Call mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. You're going to get a break. You're going to get a phone call at some point. And when you do, yeah. you better get there. Better fucking better uh, show up and you better perform. You, yeah. Yeah. And if you can't fix um, it, spend the time to at least try to fix it. Yeah. So I, do, I coach new guys coming out. I have a program called the PDR Launchpad. And so guys that can fix dents, you know, not perfect. They can't fix everything. Obviously no one can. I think I can. And then I see Bryce Kelly videos and I'm like, yeah, I suck. Um, <laughs> you know how that is. So, so yes. they can fix some dents, right? They can fix dents, whether, whatever you, whatever that means. Um, and I say, I tell them like your greatest ability that you have that I don't have that you don't have David and that most guys that have been doing this for a long time don't have is availability. Your greatest ability is availability. Don't, don't, don't come into my dealers and sell on quality of repair on the, on the ability to fix dents because you will lose. Right. But sell on the thing that I can't, or I have a really hard time competing against is availability. 
right? And that's basically what you just said, show up, be consistent and persistent. Um, so how do you, what do you think about that? What do you, for new guys coming out that balanced with or versus calling you and getting to know you and seeing if they can help you on a contract basis? How do you navigate that? What are your thoughts on that? You know, I, I would think it's a double-edged sword, right? You can bring a guy on. You can help the industry overall by getting this guy going on the right foot with the right pricing structure instead of going in and being like, you know what? I'm going to obtain your business by being $20 a panel. Which exactly. Nobody that's, a lot of, that's what happens a lot of times. Um, so, yes, I'm not – I wouldn't oppose that. But you – I'm going to sit down and have a beer with you first. Yeah. Because I want a general idea of what and who you are. Um, you can get a pretty good vibe off of people. Yeah. And if you feel like you're going to get stroked, this guy's going to undercut you somewhere, somehow, um, throw you under the bus. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of yeah. want to see it coming, I guess. Yeah. But I wouldn't say that so, I'd be totally against that. <clears throat> so do you, this is the way I present it to the, to the new guys. Um, do you market, you got to do market research, but if you're going to go enter an industry and you're in Hartford, Connecticut, you gotta, you gotta look around like who's there. You're not the only dent guy, right? right? Um, there's a lot of guys. So do market research, figure out who's there, uh, who's good, who charges the right, the high prices, who does the high quality repairs. And because I, I know your market, even though I've never been there, you and a couple other guys do a lot of wholesale work, do some retail, do some body shops. And then those guys that do the wholesale accounts that are no good. They just suck. They're hacks. Right. They're, they're whatever you want to call it. Right. So I say, do the research, figure out who's where, figure out how good they are. Do they have a web presence? Call the dealership or body shop and talk about the dent guy. Go walk a lot and see what their work is like, et cetera. Do your market research as starting a business. Everybody should do market research. Then find the guys, yep. find like, okay, these are the three guys that are, that are good. These are the guys that are here in the industry up high and, they, and are charging the prices, have the good sales processes, et cetera. Reach out to those guys and say, hey, here's my situation. I can fix dents. I'm hungry. I want to I learn. I want to do this. I will not undercut you. Let's go have a beer. These three guys. These other guys that are not holding up the ideals that we want to see in an industry as far as quality, pricing, et cetera be available to those accounts. How do you feel about that as a strategy? I mean, yeah, no, it's a good strategy. It's actually a great strategy. They always tell you, if you're not the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong, if you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room, right? (laughs) Yeah. So I've I've always looked at that. I mean, the PDR industry is kind of the same way. I'm I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I wasn't the smartest guy at Dent Wizard. I was a go-to guy at Dent Wizard. Because I knew who the smartest guy was. I was affiliated enough to know who to call, when to call. So a lot of guys don't necessarily seek that out. They just, they want to pound their chest and scream at the sky and be like, well, why does nobody care? Um, instead of doing that, I went and searched out who it was that was going to care. So if I had a vehicle problem, I knew who exactly to call. Um, I got yelled at a lot in the beginning because I skipped step one, two, and three, which was start with your sales manager, go to your district manager, go to your read. No, no, screw that. I'm going right to corporate. I'm going right to Shawanda. I'm going right to, you know, whoever it was that I needed to talk to, to take care of business. Now I get paid by the job, 
not by the hour. I don't have an hour to sit around and wait for 17 phone calls to happen. I want to make one and be done. So the same goes with doing dents. And as a 24-year dent guy, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I have no problem picking up the phone and calling a guy. I'm having struggle. I'm struggling with a Kiko tab or a glue pull mm-hmm. repair. I'm pretty pretty good friends with Gene's, you know, Gene Fetty. I'm gonna pick up the phone and call Gene. Gene, what am I doing wrong? Um, you know, I, I got a very complex repair that I'm struggling on where I want to start. Mm-hmm. I, I've reached out to Bryce Kelly a couple of times. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about this thing? I know you can fix it, but give me some insight. And what am I, what am I looking at? What is, what is my challenge? And it's the only way to get smarter. You know, mm-hmm. the idea is to work smarter, not harder. I still make myself work hard because I don't do it correctly right out the gate. And I, I, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know what's right or wrong until you do it wrong. Um, I recently did a Grand Cherokee Trackhawk quarter panel that came out okay. Um, it was what I could do with it. Yeah. But I didn't understand, you know, and I didn't look deep enough. It had inner structure damage, but yeah. I'm not trained to look that deep. If you, you know, I mean, I'm not Bryce Kelly where I'm doing these smashes all the time that I don't look yeah, that yeah. deep. It wasn't until the body sure. guy walked over. He goes, you know, it's, it's folded underneath. And I went, what? Like, oh shit. <laughs> well, I'm getting bad. my ass kicked. Yeah. So, you know, but that's, um, that's the learning experience. Learning I did, I did. I released a podcast right. last week. It was kind of a tongue in cheek thing. I said, our industry needs more hacks. Um, H A C K. And yeah, <laughs> Uh, I had a couple people message me about it, but, uh, the, the acronym was H A C K. The acronym was to be humble and confident. Uh, that's how you make K's. That's how you make dollars. Right. And I think that's a common, right. there's a, there's a combination of that, that you have to have in order to be successful in business. Cause you're confident. You, when you walk into dealers, you're confident. You walk into the body shops, when you're talking to the customer, you're confident and you portray that. And that's how you, <clears throat> that's how you grow a business. That's how you, uh, get high dollars on dent repair. That's how you do all that. But then on the backside, you have to be able to reach out to people when you're above your pay grade to Gene Fetty, to Bryce Kelly. Right. I mean, shit, you don't even, you don't have to know those people. Cause I can hear people now say, I don't know. I don't know Gene Fetty. I can't call Gene Fetty's cell phone or Bryce Kelly. Well, I wish I could post on a fucking forum. <laughs> There's right. people help that's, you. Like this industry is amazing in that way. Like they yeah, will help you. Dent wizard facebook page that mm. when we started it was just that um yeah. it was solely to help the next guy out because seven eight years ago everybody was their own person and their own entity yeah. and nobody really interacted unless you right. just had another technician that was close to you that you were friends with but even then it was which was rare <laughs> right and, and a lot of the times for the demo <clears throat> guys it was us reaching out going Hey, how do I invoice this? Or how do I get this on my Merlin or, or Wizbro yeah. or whatever we're using? Um, it wasn't technical on the dent. And then when we opened up that, that group page, it became more, Hey, how do I fix this? Or how do I approach this? Or how do I price this? Or how do I deal with this customer? And you had a bunch of senior guys that were confident and humble enough to jump in there and be like, mm-hmm. Hey man, this is how I would do it. And you get yeah. three or four of those that would be relatively the same answer. So you knew you were on the right track. Exactly. Yeah. And, that's, and it, that's people huge. have a hard time with humility. Just, just, just being able to call somebody or post on a forum and say, Hey, like, I, I don't know how to, f- I know this is possible because I've seen it, but I don't know how to do it. Can someone help me about 
how to do this. Right. And that right. people have a really hard time with that because they don't want it to like put a chink in their armor or something of, of that. They're the best, that yeah. they're great or something like that, you know? Um, and so that's why I, I made, always, that's why I made that. I've always said I'm not, a, I'm not a good den guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I said too. Idiot, but... Yeah. I, I got Same. ridiculed the yeah. other, what, like a month ago, three weeks ago, because I posted that green Dodge Challenger quarter panel, and everybody's like, just get in there and glue pull it. Just push it out. What do you, what do you, you're, you know, 20 yeah. fucking year dead yeah. guy, just mm-hmm. fix it. And I'm like, yeah, I know there's issues with this quarter panel, and it's way down low, and I know there's somebody in here that's done this, approached right. this, yeah. and he's going to go, hey, this, you know, take the wheel off, pull the liner back, zip a hole here, or pull the, you know, I ended up pulling the rocker mm-hmm. molding off, and there was holes right there, so I just right through that yeah. hole oh nice yeah I remember, I remember you posting that yeah, um but at the end it, of the day when everybody goes what'd you get paid for this you can't put a price on the bucket of learning i just got yeah yeah so what would you rather have be the best dent guy or the best salesman salesman yeah that's what i i think i salesman think will make more money. yeah they'll win every time I don't care. Yeah. I, again, I'm not the best, probably not the best dent guy in my area. I fully admit that. Um, but I probably make the most money <laughs> because I'm good at what I'm good at the personal personability, sales, marketing, branding, et cetera. Um, and that's, I think, I think actually people might be a little bit upset that we're saying that, that you don't have to be the best dent guy because like the purists of, of the industry of everything has to be perfect and things like that. Um, I believe that, running a PDR business is setting expectation for the customer and then delivering on the expectation. That's when you should make money. So if you, del- if you set the expectation of perfect and you say three grand and deliver perfect, do it. If you set the expectation of 90% for a less price and you, and you deliver that and the customer's happy and you're happy, that's, that's a legitimate PDR business too. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, right. And so that's what I try to train guys. I, the, the focus has really only ever been on fixing dents. So you want to enter the industry right. now, go to training. That's it. It's all you have. Go to training and then go home and go figure your shit out. That's it. So what I'm trying to provide is the other side of that coin is yes, you need to push metal, but you got to get metal to push on. And if you don't, I don't care how good of a Denkai that you are. If you can't figure out how to get people in front of you, it doesn't matter. And so I think the emphasis needs to be put more on that now than it is actually pushing dents. And you have to do both. I'm not saying, not saying that you get to crack paint and pimple stuff up and do all that and call yourself a Denka. I'm not saying that. But what do you think about throw, that? I want to just a couple things at you here. Yeah. One of the long, um, there was a long time dent guy in an area that I overtook in Hartford uh, when I was still with the Wiz that unfortunately mm-hmm. had cancer and passed away. Mm-hmm. He was the nicest guy you'd ever meet. The nicest guy. He was one of the worst dent guys for repairing stuff that I ever met. Um, mm-hmm. And I won't say that I ever met, but I mean, like in our, in our area, in our group, we all got, we all got one. He worked, he came to work with me. He was, he, the, the manager sent them to work with me to, to train. Um, I trained with him. You know, I tried to help him out and I used to poke fun at him. I'm like, Jesus Christ, you know, you're going to yeah. go to master's class. You pass this class. I'm going to quit because there's just no way. <laughs> and he knew it. He knew it. But here's the thing. He did his best. He put his heart mm-hmm. into everything he tried to do. So you couldn't knock him for it. When I came into Hartford, they're like, wow, you got big shoes to fill. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I mean, no pun intended. I run circles around this guy. 
And it wasn't, they weren't talking about the end. They were talking about his personality. So when you say sales, you're not, I don't want a sales guy. I don't want to walk in. I don't want to get the PC Richard guy that's trying to sell me every TV on the shelf because, you know, that's what they get paid on. By sales, it's your personality. It's your ability to walk into a dealer, to a body shop, and adapt to the, to the mood, to the people that are in the room. I'm a Yankees fan by trade because that's how I was brought up. I don't watch baseball. I think it's the worst sport in the world because it's so freaking boring. Um, but if I walk into an office and he's got Red Sox paraphernalia, I can tell you right now I'm going to bag on him for being a Red Sox guy. Yeah, sure, sure. The guy that didn't want to talk to me, we now have a dialogue. So that's – I think in the dream event, I said you got to break the ice. Well, that's how you break the ice. You create a dialogue. Even if it's a difference of opinion, you create dialogue. Sports is always a friendly competition. So you can never go wrong with sports. You can always walk in and be like, ah, Red Sox fan, geez, I got to charge you double. Um, you know, it, it's, it's just a way to break the ice. Once you break the ice, you become sociable. Once you're sociable, I got a guy that I didn't like, but we, we liked IPAs. So we would always talk about IPAs, talk about different breweries. And I'd bring him a couple beers here and there. That's all good. I got all the work yeah. I could ever want. I, I didn't even have to ask him for it. It was just like, go, go find it and fix it. So, and the other part of it was one of the upper managers in Denton Wizard I was talking to one time and we were talking, he goes, how do I get more guys? Because we've got to hire more guys. And I said, well, my two cents is this, hire the personality. Don't hire a dent guy, hire a personality. We can train him to be a dent guy. Mm -hmm. You're primarily wholesale. Um, the rule of wholesale is 80% works most of the time. Mm -hmm. If you can teach a guy to get to 80%, they're going to be able to survive in a wholesale world. I know there's a lot of guys who go, oh, that's, that's just wrong. Why would you do that? I'm not saying you don't strive for 100%, but 80% flies 90% of the time. Mm -hmm. And whenever I trained a guy, I would let him sit on a dent for eight hours, if that's what it took, to get to 100%. Because you always strive for that 100% because there's going to be times and scenarios that you're going to need to learn to be 100%. Yes. When you can figure out how to and get to 100%. Even in the wholesale environment. 80%, even in the wholesale, because there's that new car. There's that new yep. car delivery or that car that's in the service drive. The do bill come back. When, yeah. you can, when you can start to figure out how to make things 100%, 80% comes that much faster. Yes. And then in your wholesale world, when you're out in the dealer lot, bang, 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 bang. Mm -hmm. So, but that's, that's true, man. That, that's be it, able, man. Be that's able to be able to fix it at, at 100%, but make it a choice to go to 80. That's okay. If you can only fix it to 80 at your best and you're backing off of that at wholesale and you're at 60, we got, that's, we got an issue. It's a problem. You got a half, you know? you got a half dollar size dent sitting in, in the middle of a door of a white SUV that you walk by and you're like, Oh, that's obvious. You get that thing to 80%. 95% yeah. of the people are going to walk by that car every time. 99. And never see that last nine. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest, no. dude. There's very few. I even retail. I very few retail. Like, I'll, I'll put my everything into a dent and fix it like so clean. And I'm like, N there's a, no other dent guy that can see that. Oh, and the customer comes out, they're like, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Customer comes out, they're like, oh, good job. So, <laughs> like, should have stopped 20 minutes yeah. ago. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, great no, tips, man. That's that's fantastic. Struggled with a few little lows where I'm. I'm you know, doing this, yeah. and I'm like, oh, I can still. And a customer walks out, and goes, "Man, that's amazing!" I pick up my tools. Yeah. I'm like, "I'm done." Yeah, yeah, I did it. I did it. 
Oh, great info, man. Oh. I appreciate it. Um, that's going to help a lot of guys. So uh, any anything else before we, before we wrap up the podcast that you want people to, I don't know, know about you or know about the industry or, or anything like that? Man, I, I'm just, I'm really excited to say that I've watched this industry change. Kind of like I've watched, you know, TV go from a two knob channel thing and antennas to, I can touch a remote and speak into it. It changes channels. Touch um, my Apple watch. Yeah. Hey, I, yeah. I love the fact that there's a lot more networking, a lot more guys getting, getting together. Um, I love these group events where independents just come together. So I, I'm, I'm just happy to say I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it. I'm happy to say that I've seen it grow and see it change. And if I've helped anybody along the way, which I hope I have, you know, hope I continue to help some guys. I absolutely that I've reached out to a lot of friends, a lot of a lot of guys that have given back to me, and I hope I can give back to others. Yeah, no, I think you are for sure. Um, what where do you think what do you think the future of PDR looks like? Ten years, twenty years down the road. I lost you. Where, what do you think the future of PDR looks like? Ten years. 20 years down the road. Yeah, it'll be, well, I hope I'm not in it 20 years down the road, but <laughs> hoping I'm hoping I'm sitting on some island somewhere. Kenny Chesney, Kenny Chesney is my neighbor. Kenny. There you go. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Bigger box. So, bigger box. Yeah. What do you, what do you think it'll be for the guys that are just starting in 20 years? What do you think? What do you think it'll, the industry itself will look like better, worse, um still doing it cars made out of different materials what do you think i think it's going to be a question of what the cars start to get made out of yep. you know but then again 20 years ago saturn was coming around and we were going to lose all our jobs because they're all going to be plastic yep. and that didn't last no. so it'll be an interesting in an interesting to say the least if yeah. my voice because my earbud died and i had to switch yeah. to car phone yeah. but that's right i get it well, anyways, I appreciate you coming on, man. You are helping the industry. Um, I look forward to meeting you one of these days, but I'm glad I'm glad that I could tell when we just messaged back and forth that we can hop on a call and never knowing each other and be able to put out content like that. So I hope people appreciated it and you got some good tips from David. And um, we'll talk soon, man. Pretty easy going, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for the time. It was fun. Yeah, I appreciate you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the PDR Coach Podcast. If you got any value from this podcast and want to do something for me, then the best way to do that is to subscribe to the podcast and give me a rating and review. If you want to know more about me, then you can find me on Instagram by searching for the PDR Coach or find me on my website at coachcoryk.com, C-O-R-Y-K.com. Thank you for listening and I'll be back next week.